0: With everyone, singing was particularly good. Doug's singing was fantastic today. He said he's going to have a picture of he and the family up on the screen the whole entire time I'm up here, uh, because we do know that again, Doug is the Wens family is being called to serve elsewhere in the world. Which uh, let's not talk about it yet. Let's not speak of it. You know, uh, I wore a tie for the second week in a row today. Last week was Easter. I thought, I'm going to wear it again. I started thinking, you know, I couldn't find a verse in the Bible that said I should wear a tie. Except that, you know, you should be loving, encouraging. And I know it encourages Mike. And I thought, you know, it encourages Mike. I am going to wear a tie. You know, so I'm like, you know, I, Jesus loves it. So Mike loves it. I'm fine with that. I want to please both of them. It's a good thing. You know, we've been talking about the uh, Holy Spirit for the past, actually, four months. And uh, our theme for the year is getting deeper, right? Deeper, deeper in our convictions, our faith, our zeal, uh, and deeper with the Spirit of God, letting it be deep inside of us and understanding how it works and how He works. And so today I do want to talk a little bit more about that same concept. Before that, though, I want to share some good news. You know, God is working with His Spirit as we grow deeper. You know what? We also grow higher and larger as a congregation, And this Thursday, in the EDGE ministry, a new sister was baptized into Christ, and that was Jessica Yereba. Yereba, stand up, Jessica. I I hope I pronounced your name right, Jessica. Awesome. So, so proud of the EDGE ministry and all the hard work going on. You know, and God is working in all our lives, across our communities, and has continued to work, and has worked since the beginning of time. And He does a, a lot of special things in our life. I want to begin today talking about the idea, and the, the, the title of the lesson is Gifted by the Spirit. All right, gifted by the Spirit. And we haven't talked a lot about the spiritual gifts that God has provided for all of us, and I want to do that today. You know, there are a lot of amazing people uh, in the world today. A lot of children we see there are uh, just stunningly gifted at certain things, and it just shocks us when we see that. I want to give you a little taste of just two up and coming people, I think both are 11 years old, and one's a basketball player. Mike, can we show the basketball video real quick? I know my son plays basketball. We love basketball. This 11-year-old kid, Jordan uh, McCabe, he actually uh, played at the NBA All-Star Game. He's so good at dribbling. Let me get a little shot of it here. Here it Here he is at the Washington um, Husky's mid, like this is halftime show. He was the halftime show. Here he is playing a bunch of adults. He's 11. Beating them. That's his dad. I mean, if you watch the video, he's amazing. They like, literally had him at the NBA All-Star Game. It was so good. And then, if you guys have been watching all those talent shows, uh, there's some amazing singers. Of course, you see that talent. But I ran across one. Uh, her name was, uh, uh, I believe, Caroline Costa. I don't know if you've heard of her. She was, I think, from a France talent show. She was like nine. Singing, singing, you know, a nine-year-old. 10. Okay. Alright, we don't have to listen to the whole song, but she's she's the kid and she was like you know, a star. They've already got a recording contract for her going a stunning, and we've seen that kind of thing out there. Certain people are gifted. You guys know what I'm talking about. Some are just, you've got prodigies who can play Beethoven at age five, and you're like, wow, it's a stunning. And it is amazing to see that 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 kind of uh, talent exists. What I want to put before us today is that we, point number one today, is we are gifted. The scriptures you're going to see Make it very clear that every single one of us in here, every single one of us is gifted. Let's begin by reading in Romans chapter 12. And I want us to see, and we're going to look at a number of scriptures. There's really about four or five passages in the New Testament that discuss the gifts that God has provided for the church to grow and for your lives to have deep meaning and, and influence. And we're going to study them today, and we're not going to be able to get through it. It's a broad and deep topic here. But I want you to understand that you are gifted, and God has given gifts so that we can use them for his glory. And I want us to study it out today. Today's a little bit of a teaching, as well as hope some inspiration that you will be used by God for the the plans he has in store for you. So let's begin point number one, we are gifted. And let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Romans 12, verse 4, we see there. It says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. All right? Each of us has a different gift. Now, Turn in your Bible. We're going to kind of go through the Bible from front to back here. That was the, the Romans passage on each of us having a gift. And um, you can put your tassel there in Romans 12 because we're going to come back to it. But look in 1 Corinthians 12. I know they have a PowerPoint of all this. I'm sure we'll be up to But follow along in your Bible. First Corinthians 12 also talks about each of us has a gift. And look with me in First Corinthians 12. Let's begin in verse 4. says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now look in verse 7. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All right, that's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Anyone have a different version of the Bible out there? I'll read a couple to you. I'm sure you do. That's okay. Let me read you verse 7 in the, the Bible in basic English. Of course, these days, one of the great gifts God's given the human race is we got the English translation of the Bible in just about every version. Thank you, Michael. All right. Bible in basic English says, But to every man, every man, some form of the Spirit's working is given for the common good. You guys see that? Every man. The Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving each other. It says that in the. Uh, the uh, the contemporary English version, C.E.V. version, says says the Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. And yet I bet some of you out there feel like, no, nah, I don't really have any special about me. Some of you think, oh, man, I'm, I'm totally special, right? We know Doug. He knows how special he is. He understands his special qualities. But some of us, we don't. We think, well, really? Do, do I? What are... Or we, we, we think maybe that there's a remote possibility that I have some special gift, but I have no idea what it is. And I would put before you, we're going we're gonna to look a little bit more of that today, but every one of us has a gift. You know, you may not be as gifted as the singer or that little basketball guy, but let me tell you, you have been gifted. God didn't make you so that, you know, that you would be worthless, God didn't bring you on the earth just so you could sit around and play video games all day. He didn't bring you on the earth just to sit in a pew and listen to to me speak. Yeah, Mike says, Thank God. You are gifted. You know, sometimes we just we just doubt ourselves. We doubt ourselves because maybe we're just not seeing it, or we're we're very narrow-minded in how we uh, identify service to God or gifts from God, or if we're not famous, or if we're not up front preaching to the whole congregation, or, then we think, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm not gifted. Some of us, because we don't think I'm not famous or I'm not standing in front of everybody telling everybody something, then I just sit here. That's all I do. I just sit here. I can't figure out what to do. And yet God has really... So many different qualities of gifts. I would dare say an infinite number if you add into that your experiences becoming a gift that he allows you to have to help others. right? And there's an infinite number of experiences. There's a story that I I thought was very moving. Last week was Easter, and there was an Easter story about a little boy who had some extreme uh, illnesses, and he had some learning disabilities, and he actually had some some extreme – um, it, it was it was an illness that came about that, that, that it, it affected his cognitive functions, his ability to really think clearly and his ability to, to uh, communicate super clearly. Uh, they didn't think he would live that long. His name was Timmy. And he was at his own church, and uh, the other kids in the class, they were eight-year-old kids, uh, were given this project. And the project was to uh, take one of those little plastic Easter eggs and go out outside in uh, the fields nearby and try to find something that, uh, revealed God, you know, and brought glory to God, and put it inside there, and then they come back and be sort of like show and tell. And so they all went and did that, and little Timmy had his egg, and he came back, and they all put their egg in the box, and and then what they did is they pulled an egg out, you know, and you know one of the little girls, you know, she pulled hers out, and they opened it, and inside was a beautiful flower, and they, go, oh yeah, that's God's, cre-. she said, that's God's creation, and He created all things, and it reminded me of that. And then, uh, you know, one of the little boys there, he, he pulled out his and it was kind of rattling and opened it up. And it was, you know, some, some hard rocks. And he's, yeah, God's strong. He's, he's strong. He's tough. And then they opened up one and, and um, they opened it and, and there was nothing inside of it. And they're all like, what? Who did that? Timmy? And, and you, know, you know, sometimes eighth graders aren't as kind as they should be. Timmy, look, come on. You messed up. He said, it's empty. It's empty. And they go, what? And then the teacher, it dawned on her. That was Easter, Easter morning. He said, it's empty. The tomb is empty. And everybody was silent in the class. And they realized, wow, Timmy actually had the best answer. It's empty. The tomb is empty. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you're from. You have been gifted by God. You gotta catch a hold of that. You gotta believe that. You are valuable and you've been given special gifts from God. Why? Why are we gifted? Right? We know that each one of us, Ephesians 4 7, says. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned. it. Why? He had a plan. God had a plan for your life. And I believe that he's been working since the beginning of time, even with your life. And I know we all ask the question, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my goal? And some of us have come to understand what that is. We, we become disciples of Jesus, and we realize we have a mission to help others become disciples and like Kevin shared to be focused on heaven to be focused on eternity right but as we become disciples we sometimes don't feel like we have a specific role we're not sure what we are to do and it's very clear i want you to turn with me to first peter chapter 4 first peter chapter 4 and look with me in verse 10 and the bible just tells us point blank what our gifts are for all right first peter chapter 4 look with me in verse 10 says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Why are we gifted? To serve others. Why are you who you are? To serve others. I love the First Corinthians passage that says, you know, we suffer so we can comfort others. 2 Corinthians 1 actually says that. We suffer so that we can comfort others. The things you go through are not just so that you can either have a great victory and feel proud that you won the game or so that you can just be humble so you lost the game. It's so that you can serve others. The gifts you have are so that you can serve others. Ephesians 4, okay, now skip over to Ephesians 4. And, uh, you know, you might want to put a little, we're going to look at these same passages a couple times. Right, we got Romans chapter 12. We got Ephesians 4. We got 1 Peter 4. And we got 1 Corinthians 12. Those are their, their gift passages. And we're going to reference them here a few times. But in Ephesians 4 12, I want you to see also why he had given the gifts to the church. He says, why in verse 12, Ephesians 4? To prepare God's people for works of service. So that. The body of Christ may be built up to build up the church. Why are you who you are? Why are you made the way you are? You may be a teenager sitting in here. You might be in junior high or high school and wondering what is the purpose of my life? It is going to be to bring glory to God through serving others and building up the spiritual kingdom of God. Because like Kevin said, unless you think about death, you really can't think about life and At the end of of our days, what's going to matter is who is with us for eternity in heaven. That is what counts. And you have special gifts to serve and to build up the church. Amen? Now, who gives us these gifts? Well, the Spirit of God or God himself gives us these gifts. And we find a great passage. I want you to see this one. This is in uh, James chapter 1. Turn to James 1. I want you to see... Who gives us every good gift? God does. And it says that point blank in James 1, verse 17. James 1, verse 17. Hear those Bibles turning? Our PowerPoint is, we're battling. Michael's busy up there typing away. James 1, verse 17. What does it say? It says, every good and perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So where do we get our gifts, God? Every good and perfect gift is from above. Listen, all the bad stuff that happens in your life, a lot of times that can be accredited to you. Okay, if you read that James passage a little bit, you know the, the things that we that mess our lives up, that's our fault. The things that fix our life, that's God. Right? We can't blame God for the struggles. You read that text at another quiet time here. The passage here talks about uh, right before that how it's our own problems that, that create messes in our lives, our own choices. And yet it is God that gives every good and perfect gift from above. And yet oftentimes we take credit for it, don't we? It's like dad watching that little basketball guy. He was all proud. Yeah, well, almost like he did it, you know. I mean, and I, as a father, I am very proud of my children when I see them do amazing things. I, I you know, I really can't take credit, though, for how God made them. I mean, I, I can't take credit. God did it. I do. I am very proud. It's, you know, in, in watching my kids play sports, the parents can relate to this. It, it's actually more fun watching them than playing myself. I'm like, wow. I mean, it's, it's a strange phenomenon. I loved playing. Uh, But, you know, watching them is amazing. And then I started thinking about God. I love watching my kids do all what they do, school, work, everything they do, play sports. And I get more joy than when I actually was, you know, trying to compete and win. It's so fun, and I appreciate it so much. And I'm sort of proud of them for their natural gifts I can't take credit for. The fact that they're not in jail yet, maybe I can take a little bit of credit for that. I'm trying to parent them as best I can, okay? And I'm taking a little bit of pride in that. But then I started thinking about how God, how he must feel about, about each of us. How does God feel about you? Have you reflected on that? If you're a mom or a dad, and if you feel down and depressed and, and worthless, have you ever felt that? I have. I feel that, I feel that at times, like, ah, messed up. But then I think about my kids, and I think about they mess up all the time. But you know how I feel about them? I'm so grateful for them. And I love watching them, and I'm so proud of them. Imagine how God feels about you. His capacity to love is greater than yours. And he knows what he put in you. And he's proud of you, and he's like, oh, watch this guy I made. Watch this young woman I've I've created. Watch what I've done. And his one desire is that we would fulfill the plan that He has for our life. But every good and perfect gift comes from Him. So what are we to do with that? How are you to, to look at your gifts? And right, we're going to hit next in the minute here how we find out a little bit of what our gifts are. But I want us to talk a little bit about how should we view our gift? How should we view our life in light of the fact that God has gifted us? Well, for sure, we need to be grateful. right? We need to be grateful. Gratitude needs to embody everything you do. And, you know, when you're not grateful, you get unhappy. But when you're grateful, you won't be unhappy. You know, there's no grateful person walks around complaining. It's just they don't go hand in hand. And gratitude is something you can choose to be. You can choose to be grateful. It's, it's one of those things. You, you can just say, I, I, you know, go to God and just tell him, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You have to, you know, put it in your heart. You have to talk about what God, you have to remember, you have to reflect. All of us have good things in our life. All of us have so many good and perfect gifts, even when there's difficulty and tragedy. Hey, we're alive. We have the breath of life. Ecclesiastes says, you know, we're better than a dead dog. At least we're alive. We're better than a dead dog. Right? We have something going on. We have breath. We have the breath of the Almighty, right? We, we, God's given us life. You know, God's given us opportunity. God's given us opportunities that are amazing. And you're sitting here in an American church service the richest country in the history of humanity, we should be grateful, right? You know, not only grateful, but humble. Humble, not prideful about our gifts. Some of us in here are enormously gifted. And we know, and we think about the singers up here. Art coordinates all this music every week. We know Terrence can do singing, preaching, all kinds of stuff. He can. He's incredibly gifted. Of course, Doug, you know, massively gifted in so many ways, you know, uh, Mike, I mean, Mike is a gourmet, you don't know, this, Mike's a gourmet cook, an incredible evangelist, he actually used to be a good athlete, but pretty much anyone can take him now, <laughs> how should we handle that, you know, I, I think about our wives, how talented, I think about Carrie, Carrie's amazing, so, so many of us have incredible wise mind, oh my goodness, she amazes me. Just how talented, how, good, how organized she is, how on top of things, how she can take care of herself and five other people in the house and keep the house even a semblance of, of life and still lead ministry and handle all the things she does. I'm like, I, I am stunned by her. I'm like, I do one thing, I try to do at least marginally well, and I'm good with that. <laughs> She's doing everything excellent. I'm like, ugh, people are so talented. But we need to be humble when we see that talent. If you have that, now, and some of us, let's be real, we, we really are naturally, God just blessed us, I mean, these people singing, these people playing. Some of us massively talented. Sadly enough, a lot of talented people, what, what is the primary aspect of their character that we tend to notice when they're that talented? Arrogance. Just enormously arrogant. Because everyone in the world goes and them, oh, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're incredible. And we, we start believing it, right? We believe our own press. Oh, yeah, I am pretty amazing. And then it comes out in the way we talk and the way we think and and, and we're arrogant. And then God has a way he knows how to humble us. We need to be humble or you'll get humble. So how do you handle the gifts? You got to be humble with it. You got to give glory to God. Gratitude and hey, this is only I didn't create this. God's even if you've practiced or built your own business or practiced so much that you became amazing. He gave you the ability to. Even the sheer fact that when we practice, God's created the, the sort of the scientific way the body works that we're able to imitate motor functions. Or when we study, our brains have the capacity to comprehend more. So even the abilities to grow through hard work, which we all do grow, God created that ability. Some of us are rich. We make money. Some of us are rich even in the eyes of America. Not that many of us, but maybe a handful. But in the eyes of the world, we're pretty much all rich. God gave us the ability to earn. He arranged the times and places where you live, that we live here in America, and this opportunity, people are trying to get into the country to make money. we got to be humble, amen? The other thing is we need to be generous with our gifts. God gave them to us, so they're not yours to keep. Give them away. You need to give them away. Give your gifts away. Selflessness is the key to Happiness. And the other thing is you've got to be persistent. See, God does uh, equip you with all these gifts and also the potential for gifts you may not have seen to rise up inside of you or for gifts that every sees you have but to make them really astounding. That basketball guy did not get that good without practice. All right, But he had some natural gifts. Persistence. You know, in in here, we're just filled with incredible people. I'm so grateful for all the people serving in the church. I think about so many people, Mike and Renee right up there busy right now, every week doing PowerPoints, doing all the work of the the video, audio, video, and preparing things. You know, talented. Mike's really gifted in that. You know, we we see all our singers and musicians, and we even had a few new Edge singers last week in the, the Easter service. It was good to see some of them up there in the choir singing. And, you know, those are very visible gifts. A lot of you have amazing hidden gifts. We're filled with them. But you are gifted. Amen. Point number two is you got to identify your gifts. you got to identify your gifts. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, let's look there. You guys with me? All right, we're going to move quick now. We're going to do some teaching right now. So get your Bible out, and uh, we're going to look in Romans chapter 12. And we're going to see there the passage here on the different gifts that we each have. All right, Romans chapter 12. Verse 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. All right, now, look into, now go to 1 Peter, okay? I'm not going to... Pick that apart yet i want you to go to first peter chapter four. First peter chapter four and, and here i'm going to give you two categories of gifts how do you know what your gifts are first i want you to see that in the scripture as you look at the different uh texts on what the gifts actually are that he, he gives to the church you're going to see there's two categories of gifts and we find them sort of um uh really focused in on here and stated very clearly in the first peter chapter four section about gifts and you see there in verse uh look in verse 10 first peter four verse 10 you guys with me. All right. It says each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace. See, God's gift is a grace. It's a that's what the word grace means. It means his favor, his gifts upon us in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So what are our two categories of gifts? You've got speech categories and service categories. All right? Essentially, you're going to see that those are the two categories. Now, we find that the speech stuff, that's about preaching and teaching and changing and getting the truth into the hearts of people so they can have faith and be transformed, which is the ultimate goal of everyone's life. So that's an important gift that we and we all have different aspects and gifts and we all have, I think, nuances of the speech gift. You know, every disciple is called to tell people how great Jesus is and help make other disciples. We can all share our personal testimony up here on stage. Now, some of us might not do it as uh, eloquently as others, but we all have a story to share. And if you'd like to share it, please be talking to me more about that because we want to have more testimonials to allow you to use those gifts and share your testimony before people. Amen. It was great to hear Matt a week or two ago. And I know so many have wanted to do that and have done a great job. But we need more. Amen. But, you know, then the other primary, one of the, the big gifts you're going to find through the text is service. Right. The scriptures say use your gift for serving, serving God. You have different gifts to serve people. Now, let's go ahead and read a little bit more about the gifts. Let's, let's, let's read another text on some of the kinds of gifts that are out there. Turn with me to the First Corinthians 12 passage, and I'm going to get a little bit more theological here about it because I'm going to talk about the idea that, you know, God not only has these two categories, I think service gifts, you see that from the, the text there, and, 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 and speech gifts, but also within those two categories, there's two types that the early church experienced and that can be confusing to us when we read the text. And that is, some gifts are natural. They're what we commonly see. They're gifts that, you know, I'm a minister. I'm out here speaking. That's a gift, one of the gifts. However, I don't, I don't see that as a supernatural. It's from God. I give glory to God. But it wasn't by miracle, something that was unnatural. All right. So there's natural gifts, which are most of the gifts in the New Testament, and then supernatural gifts which we do see in the New Testament, and they had a purpose. But let's read in 1 Corinthians 12, okay? Let's look in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. You guys with me? All right. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 1 Corinthians 12:4. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We hit that, right? It's for all of us. To one, there is given through the spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as As He determines now skip on down to verse uh, 28 in uh, chapter 12 Chapter uh, 12 verse 28 skip on down there It says and in the church God has appointed first of all apostles second prophets Third teachers Then workers of miracles Also those having gifts of healing those able to help others those with gifts of administration and those speaking in different kinds of tongues All right, and then also we find in Ephesians 4, he talks about the gifts that are provided for the leadership of the church. It says in Ephesians 4.11, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. All right, you see all that? There's a lot there, and a lot of us might think, wow, Steve, are there apostles today? What about miraculous healings? And this is beyond the scope of this sermon, but I'm going to tell you my position, and we can talk about it more the studies we have for people to understand this fully God's spirit is clearly working But he has a reason for all the gifts that he gives wait to serve and to build at the church the miraculous gifts I believe Were especially set up to establish the church when it began because they didn't have a bible and it was a brand new religion And they had to prove this was from God. So he gave these miraculous, some of the miraculous gifts, like, like imagine if one of us in here had the miraculous gift of by your will, you could heal somebody. Now, we all pray for healing. We've been doing that daily for so many. But I don't know if anyone in here can, I can say, hey, can you come over and lay your hands on my son? He, um, he pulled a tendon, and he'll be ready to go for the, for the game later today. I, if, you know, if you have that gift, please come see me. I've never met a person ever that had that gift. Okay? Although the Bible shows there were people like that. I mean, they, they, Jesus himself had that gift, right? You were sick? No, now you're well. Stand up and get going, right? Peter's mom, you're sick? Stand up. Service now. You're, you're better. I mean, that's what she, he did, right? He was able to totally uh, heal people on the spot. And he gave the gift to some people to be able to do that. I don't believe that gift exists any longer. ...in in the churches. That's my conviction from Bible study. Also, I'm looking around at people that are sold out for Jesus... ...and I haven't met any of you that have it... ...so my assumption is it's not there. And that's a good assumption because you're some committed Christians. Also, the Bible proves it in many ways. History accounts for it. In the 4th century, there was a writer who himself was saying... ...well, some of these miraculous gifts, it seems as if they... ...I can't understand these scriptures because they don't exist in the church. Why? And you can learn this. The gifts, I've taught this before were designed to establish Christianity. And the miraculous gifts were given to the apostles, to the prophets, and individuals. Also, how do we get the Bible? What's the foundation of the Bible? The apostles and the New Testament prophets. How do we get the Bible? God gave his message. Jesus personally gave it to the apostles, right? And the Holy Spirit personally inspired them. And... The Holy Spirit also gave some the gift of prophecy, which was to tell the truth that hadn't been told before. Does that make sense? To tell God's truth that that hadn't been told before. In other words, you're reading the prophetic words of God in the Scriptures. They were given at that time. Now we have them. It's called the Bible. And so do I believe today that that new truths are going to be taught? No. The complete truth of how to be right with God and go to heaven is in the Scriptures. So... Some of the natural aspects of an apostle, being a missionary, I think that still exists. We all should want to be missionaries. Some of us are gifted to be missionaries. The the natural aspects of prophecy, which really is just telling the truth, preaching, I think, are there. But the miraculous side of it, where where you are ordained to start a new movement of God, you know, the church, the living God's new covenant, that that has passed, okay? So those natural gifts are still amongst us. And what we're going to do is I want later in the week, and one of our next uh, uh, gatherings is a whole congregation, uh, at our midweek and in in the coming weeks, I want to go ahead and do a gift analysis uh, that we have. It's going to take some time, because to determine your gifts, uh, you're going to have to look at a number of things, all right? You see the list of gifts, and all of us have some gift that God has given us, and I want to help you figure out what they are, how, how come, so we can serve the church. Now, I do want you to, to have a verse or two to, to kind of verify what I just shared, all right? Some of you might be skeptical. You might be like, no, I don't believe that. God could still do those miraculous gifts. I didn't say God couldn't do them. What I said is, I don't believe that he has given the miraculous gifts to you so that according to your will, you can do it. But the people in the first century had that, the ones that the apostles had laid their hands on. All right. And you see in the text, I want you to turn to this verse for me. Verse, uh, chapter, first, you're in 1 Corinthians still, or go back to it if you're not, and go to verse, uh, chapter 13. 1 okay. Corinthians chapter 13, All right, and look in verse 8. Okay. He, he talked about all the gifts in chapter 12. And then look in chapter 13 in verse 8, he talks about you know the most excellent way he's talking about there, he's talking about love. He says in verse 8, Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, I think what he's saying, new knowledge of truth, it will pass away. We have it, it's in the scriptures now. We have the Bible. I think it's clear he's saying that some of the gifts were needed for time. Now he's got, I still think, infinite gifts if you take your experiences as part of the gift that he allows you to have. But he's got some specific gifts for the church that he wants you to use to change this world. He wants you to use them to change the world. How are you going to find your gift? We're going to go over that. Let me give you a few basics, okay? You've got to think about what your interests are you got to think about what your talents are, your overt talents. you got to think about your passions, your heart. And you've got to think a little bit about your experiences. I've talked about that. I was so encouraged. Um, we had one of our brothers in our, in our ministry. I was talking about the, the great challenge in America with sexual impurity and ungodliness, with pornography and all that garbage that goes on on the Internet and, and how America is just devastated by sexual degradation. And I said, we need somebody who's had a victory in his sexual purity to lead a group to train. You know, a brother came up and said, I'll do it. And yeah, he's a brother, I know he's done well. He's changed. He's grown. He says, I'll do it. I'll lead a new group. I thought, that's what we need. His experiences, his repentance are now a gift that he can offer to help train and encourage and help, help so many men that need this challenge overcome. Amen? You have been gifted also. And I want to go into this, we're going to go into this in detail, you know, uh, uh, how you can find your gifts. You've got to look at the list of gifts. Then you've got to begin to think about these things about yourself. And then what you need to do is ask someone else what they think. And I have a whole survey that I, I'm going to borrow uh, from uh, one of our other ministries uh, in Denver. They came with this whole survey. We're going to go through it as a congregation where we can see, you know, what, what are some things that we like and what do people think are our gifts. And through that, I believe we're going to be able to figure out what our gifts are. The final thing I want to show is that say is this. You gotta use your gifts. You gotta use your gifts. Use them. We find the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter twenty-five. And I want us to turn there and we're gonna close out there. Matthew chapter twenty-five. And I'm gonna close out with a hard-hitting concept for you. Because I want I wanna urge you. I tried to inspire you a little today, but I want to shock you a little bit, too. I want you to see in Matthew chapter 25, as we close out, the parable of the talents. And I have the new version of the NIV, which they've changed it from talents to bags of gold in the new version. But the concept being that you have you know riches that you've been provided that god provides but I want us to see he gives one You know a certain number of, of bags of gold another a certain number of bags of gold and the last one He gives one bag of gold no matter who you are you have a talent you have riches You have resources to be used for the glory of god and yet look what happens in matthew chapter 25 And I want you to look down In verse 24 it says then the man who had received one bag of gold came Master he said I knew that you are a hard man Harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. In other words, I did absolutely nothing with the riches you gave me. I just stuck them in the ground. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, then. You should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received a bag with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags or ten talents. What's the call from God? Use your gifts. Use your gifts to change the world. If you're not a Christian... You've been given some natural gifts, even from birth. We find the Apostle Paul, even from birth, he had been gifted. But you can't really become the person you're intended to be until you become a disciple and take on the mission of God in your life. If you are a disciple of Jesus, use your gifts. Figure out, what do I got to do? I'm ready. Show me. Help me. Figure out how to use them. Pour your life out. Preaching, teaching, serving. See, the the, the two categories – Speaking, hey, that's a disciple-making. If you get busy trying to make disciples, you're going to see ways in order to use your gifts. You're going, to, you're going to find gifts you didn't even know you had. Number two, serving. There's people right in this room, and people need to be helped. Find the way to do it. Let's use our gifts. and Let's honor God because he has gifted us. Amen.